This week, we learn about the ska legend of the Banana Man. Stay tuned. Welcome to On The Upbeat. I'm Matt. I'm RJ Phoenix, and this is going to be a fantastic show. An absolute banger of a show, I guarantee it. Fantastic, and never say banger again. You're you're over <laughs> 40, that's weird. <laughs> Unless you're talking about sausages or mashed potatoes. Damn straight. We have two fine guests from the band Coolidge. We have Josh and we have Chris. Uh, so we are going to be interviewing them in a little bit here. Two of my favorite people. and But first, Matt has some ska news to tell us. Oh, oh, I wasn't, oh my goodness, I wasn't ready for that. That's not ready for once. <laughs> I, oh, I, I don't know, usually we have like chit-chatty, like, hey, how's it going? But you're right, we do have a lot of ska news to get to. Uh, so let's um, let's pause while I bring this up. Cue up the song. <laughs> Cue up the I wasn't ready. I was, actually, I was already, I was thinking to play the next thing, which was on a, Another thing. Oh, These okay. two men are professionals. You need to get it together. <laughs> get it together. Okay, here we here we go. Uh, let's let's rewind. Do it again. Uh, hey, we're here. R- RJ, how's it going? It's good. Time for Scott News. <laughs> rude girls and rude boys too. Grab your friends and listen to what we're telling you. I'm sorry, I'm rude, but again, you're about to kiss me. Ska News. Yep, this is Ska News, where we get to it really quick when RJ's running the show. <laughs> Damn straight. Um, so yes, uh, Ska News, where we tell you about the latest releases or any shows, uh, virtual shows that people have coming up. And uh, you know, we tell you about new songs. And I'm going to tell you about a new song that is um, by one of my favorite bands that they're going to be releasing a new song soon. And um, so Half Past Two is going to be releasing a new track soon on February 17th. And, um, you know, you guys know that uh, Half Past Two is, you know, kind of close personal friend of the show. Yes. And so um, I have a little advanced clip of the song that, I mean, I'll probably get in trouble for playing a little tiny, tiny bit. Of the song. Oh, you're going to get a mean email from Max. <laughs> so here's a little bit of the, the new Half Past Two song that drops on February 17th. Let's, let's take a quick listen. I get no Now, I told them, I said, I'm pretty sure someone already wrote this song uh, and released it. But they they assured me that it's fully original. I don't know. I said, I don't know. That sounds like a bunch of chumbawamba to me. I don't know. So, <laughs> anyway. You and your jokes. Uh, me and my jokes. I've got them for days. <laughs> well, that's it's mostly because, like, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have a song to play. So I, and normally, ah. usually, when we're like, hey, new song, or we have something to play. Uh, I mean, I could play the song, but, of course, I'm going to honor that. Being I get a good boy. Yeah, I'm being nice. But, yes, make sure you check it out, because... Um, like I said, I have heard it. It's very, so it reminded me of like, um, my boy lollipop, not in like a very specific, okay. it doesn't sound exactly like that, but that 
feel well, that like kind of old school old school Scott happy kinda, just yeah. good times like yeah so that that sort of feel um yeah so make sure you check that out on february 17th uh the slackers have a um valentine's day show this um coming friday february 12th uh it features the slackers chris murray stop the presses uh and some and stop the presses and uh joe q and the sincere's too a yes. great soul band yes um, and uh, I think Chuck Wren is doing DJs for that too, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, it happens. So you can get tickets um, at www.liveform.events slash slackers. Uh, just the ticket for the, the show is $12. Uh, the live stream plus a poster is 30 Check that out. Um, you know. Wherever you find the slackers on social media, I'm sure they'll oh, have yeah. a link and all that stuff. Uh, good things there. Um, now for a new song that just came out uh, yesterday from the Readjusters. They dropped a new song oh, yeah. uh, yesterday. It's called Contempt. And since it's actually already out, we can actually we can play just, a clip. Let's we can play, play a, clip. a little bit of a clip. That's that's a bit harder than I was expecting out of them too. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, I love them. Uh, make sure you check out the Readjusters. That new song, uh, you can find it wherever you find streaming stuff. All right, RJ, let's get to yes. it. Let's talk to our guests. Yeah, yeah, we we actually have one more new album to say that's coming out. It's the new Coolidge album, which Woo-hoo! is coming out this Wednesday. What are you? Speaking of Coolidge, we have Chris the lead singer, guitar player, and man of many other instruments. And we have Josh, the saxophone player, two of my favorite guys. Welcome to the show, Josh and Chris. Thanks so much for having us. It is an honor to be here. Absolutely. Big fans. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. We're sorry uh, that that intro we did and the messing up of being ready for Sky News was (laughs) was not the most. It's okay. I'll fix it later, and no one will know. No one will ever know. You're going to cut this out, too, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, because... I never, I never make any mistakes on editing. <laughs> so, uh, Chris and Josh, how, how have you both been? It's been several years since I've been uh, had the pleasure of seeing either of you in person. Um, well, I don't know how your year has been, Chris, but uh, I would say you know things are absolutely normal and just you know the same old, same old. The past maybe eleven months, probably you know, absolutely nothing different. You know, just kind of. Business as usual. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm seeing Josh about as usual as often as I usually do. It's, it's that's actually not a joke. 
it's true. <laughs> no, we've so, been good. Um, we're you know, everyone has everyone has families and and uh, the adulting responsibilities. So when we can get together and write new music and rehearse new music and play new music, it is it's it's like a vacation. You know, it's super duper fun. And we have this new album that is a collection of songs we're very, very happy with and really excited to get it out there. Awesome. Yeah, you guys uh, let me and Matt have a little preview and I, I absolutely loved it personally. Well thanks. So it's it's right up it's right up my alley, but you guys have been writing music that's right up my alley for years. So <laughs> I didn't expect that was gonna be any different with this album, to be honest. Uh so for people who have not heard uh, of, of your band before, how would you explain Coolidge to uh, just a common Scott kid? Mm. Um, eclectic. You know, it's definitely pop influenced. Um, and there's definitely ska in almost everything we do, but we don't lean too heavily on it. So, um, you know, we're not the traditional ska punk band, but you're going to get some of that. And you're going to get other things. Um, we definitely really lean into rhythms. And so Scott just kind of naturally is a part of that, I think. Um, we've definitely got a lot of history of playing Scott, so it just still comes out. And we do have a uh, tenor sax and a trombone. So um, pretty upbeat and rocking, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> you join us in that that consideration and thought, but um, you know, we wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. So I'd like to think that it's it's rocking and fun and and uh, interesting, keeps your attention. That type, those type of things. Josh? It's like a combination of uh, the pop rock sensibility, with you know, with with kind of nodding and and giving props to all the genres that we love. Um, I don't know, you know, if it's good form or bad form to kind of compare other bands but like i always feel like what if the foo fighters had a horn section or what if cheap trick and fishbone got married and had a baby you know (laughs) it's kind of like that kind of that kind of thing yeah i would agree like listening to it uh i hope i'm not giving too much of a way it was kind of in your video the video that you put out um for i don't don't want to hang out like the beginning of the video where it's kind of going up and down the dial like, that's what I feel like the album, obviously, it's not just that for 30 minutes, but it's, but it feels like that's where you fall. Like, there isn't just one station or sound you're staying on. You that's know, the, a, yeah, that's a really good point. There's, yeah. like, for me, like, there was a little bit of all the things, classic rock and, like, Beach Boy kind of stuff that I, I heard within that. I, I mean, you know, any, I grew up listening to the Beach Boys because my dad was, like, a big fan and so, like, I gravitate towards any of that sort of, like, classic uh, sound. So, yeah, I really like the album, too. It was really good. Well, thanks. Thank thanks you. For, awesome. Thank thanks you. for letting us listen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Best so, of course. <laughs> so what made you all decide to even start, like, playing, like, ska music in the first place? You're both uh, alumni of the band uh, Johnny Sacco, which is one of my favorites, um, so I, I guess that's a good one for Josh since he was in the band from the start. Um, well, and, and to be honest, to be totally honest, I was at the first Johnny Sacco gig. I wasn't in Johnny Sacco oh. on the first gig. Johnny Sacco started Halloween 19, 
12, I think. And then, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, I can't remember. It's either 1990 or 91. No, it's 1990. Halloween 1990. I joined in May 1991. Um, and I was friends with half the guys in the band. The horn player left for some other gig. The drummer asked me who I had known forever. Hey, you want to be in the band? Yeah, sure. Um, and it was funny because like I've always listened to every kind of music I can get my hands on, but it was like I was playing ska before I realized I was playing ska. And and you know, Chris and I were talking about this a minute ago. We're like, like the specials are one of those bands that, you know, the the Pantheon, you know, they're just like way, way up there. But I'm gonna be totally honest, I didn't know who the specials were until I had already been playing a couple of the special songs on stage for a few months, you know? And now, I mean, I absolutely love them and I've gotten so, so deep into all different waves of ska, but like it, it just, there was this guy named Steve Hawkinsmith who would make mixtapes for the band and we would just, you know, Hey, we're playing this. There's this monkey man song. I've never heard this before. Toots and the Maytals, who's that? Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, and it's just like song after song. It's like we 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 uh were trying to pick obscure at the time for a Midwest college town, obscure at the time, uh covers to play because we didn't have originals when we first started. And you know, a lot of the audience was like, Whoa, this this band's crazy, they're playing all this fun stuff. And then it was that much easier to sneak in originals months, years down the line. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump on that. I didn't know who the specials were until I heard Josh playing the specials. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I grew up in a small Indiana town. Uh, RJ, can, I don't know if you can relate to that Midwest small town. Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> experience at all. But, um, you know, Josh and I were talking about how, again, I, I had heard ska my entire life, but I didn't know that I was hearing ska. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, is obla di obla da, is that a ska song? I, kind of, maybe it is. Say, yes. um, My Boy Lollipop actually did come up. You know, I, I had heard that on 50s radio. And, right. um, you know, there's a lot of things that you hear. Um, <laughs> when I was 12, my parents got me the musical youth cassette. Do you remember Pass the Ducci? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's three or four songs on that are definitely ska, you know, it's, it's reggae heavy, but there's some ska on there, but I didn't know it was ska. Um, my discovery was probably tied to fishbone, which is kind of a running theme for most of the musicians that I know that I've played with and in these kind of bands. Um, I remember seeing a fishbone song on night tracks. We didn't have MTV in my small town and um, WTBS would run videos Friday and Saturday nights from like midnight to six in the morning. And I'd record oh, all six hours and watch <laughs> all six hours for, for the whole weekend. Cause I didn't have anything else. And seeing um, modern industry just blew my mind. Uh, I never heard anything like it. So I went out and got the album. And of course there's, there's more ska on there yeah. and it just kind of opened doors to other things. Awesome. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd like to give a shout out to the police because oh, yeah. they were like this really popular band. Uh, you know, and it was like, I remember my parents kind of like, oh, yeah, this is cool. 
and 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 gettings and yada madada and ghost in the machine i'm like all right this is this is really solid and then years later kind of thinking like holy crap there this is some of the stuff is straight up reggae some of the stuff is straight up ska you know it's just yeah brilliantly constructed okay this is pretty cool <laughs> yeah yeah i had very That's- similar experiences in that looking back i didn't realize like how early i had actually heard ska like exactly Exactly. like i thought i heard ska in like you know in the mid 90s like everyone else in 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 my generation (laughs) and then i re and as time goes on you discover like you know that song jamaica ska well i had realized wait that's in like a, a a an old 80s movie called Back oh, to the Beach. Back to the Beach. And yeah. it was like, and he finally oh, was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I heard Ska in like 1987. And then you think about like, the, and even thinking then, like I was listening to all these radios with my dad and songs like My Boy Lollipop would come on. And then like, oh, I've been listening to Ska since I was probably a child without exactly. recognizing how influential that had been in sort of my, you know, experience of music. So, yeah, it's always interesting looking back. Mm-hmm. And the police totally. is definitely one of those bands where I was like, they're a ska band. <laughs> like, especially their early, like, I guess they are. Yeah, they're yeah. a punk ska band. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a good one. Yeah. 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 So we've talked a little bit about the past. So let's get up to Coolidge. How did Coolidge get started? Johnny Sacco was getting ready to release an album called Quattro and I had actually recorded it and I was mixing it. I was completely entrenched in it and uh, really kind of productive mode. And the album was coming out and I was writing all these songs. Um, and so I, I knew we weren't going to address those songs in, in Sacco. So I said to the drummer, I was like, I've got all these tunes. I'm just itching to do it. And he said, you should do a side project. So um, he and uh, our bass player, Matt Wilson, were in Saco, and I kind of stole them and made them my side project and just a, a rock trio. You know, and, and doing it, I didn't want to just do a Saco approach. I thought, if this is a truly a side project, I need to approach it different. So I really went at it more of a straight rock, um, cheap trick, uh, you know, punk pop uh, approach foo fighters rock whatever you want to say just big guitars um and truly make it something a little different um and then johnny Sacco quit playing and it became not my side project but my project <laughs> um it's it's all i had right so um fast forward a couple of years after Sacco had stopped playing I really had the itch to kind of play that style of music again. I wanted to get back to playing something a little bouncier, something a little lighter and with some ska rhythms and things like that. And, um, you know, I debated changing the name and kind of having a completely different approach. And the drummer at the time is our current drummer, Matt Beaumont just looked at me and he said, Chris, it's still you. It doesn't really (laughs) matter what we call this. It's still, it sounds like you. And yeah, maybe this is more rock and this is more ska, but it's still your songwriting style. So we stuck with Coolidge and um, uh, revigorated my uh, friendship with Charlie Crone, the longtime trombone player for Johnny Sacco. And he and I started kind of trading some lyric ideas. And I was like, hey, why don't you come do this gig? So we did 
guitar, bass, drums, and trombone. And uh, I kept needling a little bit saying, you know, hey, why don't you reach out to Josh? It'd be really cool <laughs> to have you both on board. And Josh was busy doing a, his project, um, ESW. Uh, shameless plug for Josh, <laughs> um, which was a lot more electronic, but with sax and, uh, you know, really cool stuff. But he was pretty involved in that. And he reluctantly uh, started coming to rehearsals and gigs. And then uh, I pulled him back in. <laughs> you know? I can't quit you, Chris Mayle. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a, a brief side note. Um, I I clearly remember the the genesis of Coolidge, um, but it should be noted that there were many, many Johnny Sacco gigs where we'd be doing all these club, club gigs all over the Midwest, and some of the gigs were not the most glamorous gigs, and we're like, well, this isn't the cool club, but they're paying us really well. <laughs> oh, they want three sets of music? Hmm. You know, Coolidge could open for Johnny Sacco. <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, there's six, seven guys in Johnny Sacco, and four would look at three, the three guys in Coolidge, <laughs> like, hey, you guys want to open up? And then that way, you know, the horn section could be out in the drinking before, <laughs> during the whole first set. So. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the important part of the beginning of Coolidge. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, that that would have been fun for me. I think I I I only saw separately. That would have been fun. Double up. Oof. Well, and you know, I I have a very clear memory of being in an empty club in St. Joseph, Michigan, hmm. and being one of five people enjoying the heck out of a Coolidge set <laughs> opening for Johnny Sacco, <laughs> trying not to drink too much Oberon on on draft. I'm like, you know, I, we still have to actually play. Yeah, but Coolidge is you know burning down the house right now. So <laughs> that's awesome. So so we kind of went over like what was it like? Uh, so you you joined Sako. What was it like for? Not sorry, Coolidge. What, Josh, what was it like for you to actually get back into the fold with uh, Chris? That was and awesome. Jake? It was yeah, super awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I had been going to Coolidge shows when I could. Um, you know, and I'm still friends with everybody. And, you know, I, it's funny. I don't remember the first Coolidge gig I did. It just kind of, it was a, a natural enough progression. You know, it was just, it just kind of was. And it, you know, felt really good. And, 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 you know, I mean, there was like, there were a, a, big chunk of songs that we were working on towards the end of Johnny Sacco that never saw the light of day. Mm. And some of the songs were Chris's, some of the songs were mine, some of the songs we worked on together. And so there's, you know, from a creative standpoint, we both totally were like, you know, just cause Johnny Sacco's done doesn't mean we have to stop working on these, this cool pile of music that we got, you know? So there's always been that energy and interest there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like, I just kind of mushed into Coolidge and, you know, okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Four of the five guys in Coolidge used to be in Johnny Sacco and the poor drummer, poor Matt Beaumont. <laughs> it, there's still this stupid shorthand of idiocy, yeah. you know, just from like living in a van for a decade with each other, you know, and we'll, 
make some just beyond stupid inside joke and four of the guys will immediately crack up and the drummer's just kind of like, I, I don't get <laughs> something that that's pretty much like half of a Coolidge rehearsal is that. So uh, yeah, no, the, go for it, Chris. No, it's just, there's an inevitable uh, comfort zone for yeah this band, you know, and you know, I've been playing with Matt Beaumont, the drummer for, uh, uh, 16, 17 years now. And the funny side story is that Matt Beaumont, the drummer of Coolidge was living with the bass player of Johnny Sacco. Oh, that's right. And, <laughs> and Matt, and I was in a band with Matt, the drummer. And I said, Hey, how's Johnny Sacco doing? And he said, well, I think they're looking for a guitarist. So I had a little inside Intel there and, you know, reached out and, and here, you know, several years later, I connect with him again and he says, Hey, if you ever need a drummer. And I was like, actually, I do need a drummer. And so, you know, it, it's a small town, but, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, it's just a really comfortable lineup. We're just such longtime friends and, um, and collaborators that, that it all just kind of happens pretty seamless and effortlessly. Yeah. Yeah. And plus it wouldn't be us. You wouldn't be a true ska band if somehow you didn't borrow members from other bands. Like, like that's just the way it's the way it goes like i Absolutely. feel i mean there are bands out there that there's a very few bands out there that have like a perfect you know um it's these set. five guys and nobody no i know yeah, no I, I totally yeah. agree with that like i was thinking about that the other day mastodon is one of the only bands i can think i mean yes obviously there are a bunch of bands out there but like like mastodon was the only one i could think of off the top of my head of like Nope, it's the same four guys. Like yeah. Metallica, nope. nope. Uh, Van yeah. Halen, nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, on and on and on. And you're just like, yeah, I mean, it's such a rare treat to be in a creative musical working group. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's pretty fun. So I noticed on this Coolidge album, there's a, a lot more ska creeping in like the Scott be on songs. Was that a conscious decision that you'd made? Or is that just kind of like, cause you'd been playing it for so long. It just naturally flowed in. Hmm. I, I think I consciously have to pull back. Um, I think that it comes really naturally to write songs in that mode. Um, I think I consciously try to find other rhythms to play as a guitarist anyway. Um, just trying to do other things. There's a song on this album called barely getting by that, you know, when we were writing it, I, it, I just approached it as a ska song, but then when we went to record it, I was like, nah, I want to try some different things here. Um, I think that you can take any of these songs and apply that kind of basic, um, uh, layout that, um, template, if you will. And they could easily be, that kind of stereotypical thing but um but i think that we make efforts to keep it interesting for ourselves <laughs> um and, and so we end up kind of moving away from those scobbies i think they're always there but um i would say that it just comes naturally and then we have to kind of pull back yeah it, it's natural i don't think i don't think anyone in the band feels an obligation oh uh, we got to we got to scow that up a little bit. Oh, no. It's just, it's a, one of many colors 
on the palette that we use, you know, mm. and we probably don't use speed metal and punk that much these days because <laughs> we're not 20. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny because of my aching back. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's listen to a song off the new album. Uh, the name of the song is We're All Right from the new album Condition Transmission. <laughs> that electronic breakdown in that song yeah. I absolutely love it yeah. thanks and awesome. it's just like you know the song keeps moving pretty steadily and it's just like this extra like 
here you want something a little bit more spicy like here we go <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah. that's pretty much exactly yes you you nailed it <laughs> um so yeah it's definitely like it just and that's like my favorite part of uh my favorite bands that just like mix it up even within the same song like uh it just it, it helps me keep keep my attention you know um yeah and yeah. uh and interest too um and and it still remained danceable and and just you know and that's that's kind of what you want you want fun enjoyable music that keeps your attention you know because it's really easy to slip into that like verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus twice done <laughs> and uh you know um you know and just sort of like keep the same sort of way you did it in the first you know first verse and so it's always oh, yeah. it's always great to just throw it in there you know throwing that like um and it just like you don't feel it coming like if i remember listening to it on the album i was like where is this coming from there's no there's no any but it's not like a bad i don't so i don't mean like that as like where is this coming from this is terrible no but it's like i did not see that coming i didn't feel it like so it was good it was a good surprise i enjoy it awesome good yay awesome and i related to this a lot of the lyrics about sort of feeling old so So. Well, and I, I wrote the majority of those lyrics when I was quite a bit younger. This is one of those songs that, that started as, as a Sako song. And we may have even played a version of that uh, mm. back before Sako stopped playing. Wow. But um, Josh wanted to resurrect it. And, and it, w- it was one of those songs that was just kind of a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, out. Um, and then I, I, I remember being in this basement. And Josh saying, okay, and this is going to be the techno section. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> but everybody in the band was just like, oh, yeah, I totally hear that. And the drummer was like, yeah, I was actually thinking this this trap beat. And uh, so just really cool to, yeah. to work with guys that are so open and want to do things that keep our attention and our interest. Yeah. So what was the uh, recording process for this new album? Uh, gorilla (laughs) (laughs) DIY. Um, let's see. Chris recorded vocals and guitar in his basement and and drums drums in his basement. Mm -hmm. Matt Wilson recorded bass directly in his basement. There's a whole lot of basement. (laughs) Um, the horns were recorded at. The gentleman that mixed the album, Mike Barato, um, he was in the process of like working on his home studio, and he said, "Hey, I want to try and work all the kinks out of my home studio. How about I record you guys for free, and we'll find all the mistakes together." I'm like, uh, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> I like free, but what mistakes are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was, and I, re- I remember recording the horns in the dead of summer and needing to turn off the air conditioner before every take. So just, you know, man musk. <laughs> <laughs> saucy. Yeah. Saucy horns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, the whole thing was very gorilla, very DIY. And we're like, let's let's see how good we can make it sound on our own. We don't have a record label. We got nothing to lose. 
we're yeah. really proud of all the music. You know, full steam ahead. So I just want to ask, I was watching the video again today, um, just to sort of like put a lot of things fresh in my mind. And a lot of the video happens to be you kind of, everyone playing their instrument around their family and their family just like <laughs> really just kind of ignoring <laughs> that like we're into this, but our our family could care less or just yes not. it's real life <laughs> that's what i was gonna ask is that really how it is is that how it feels sometimes that you're trying sometimes to... <laughs> all the time yeah i'm yeah and i definitely relate to like that just that scene of like you know the dad doing their thing playing their instrument and the kids just like that's great money please <laughs> You know? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. You're in a rock and roll band, uh huh. I got it. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, my my daughter, it took a whole lot of convincing. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna need you to sit at this table and eat a bowl of cereal. She's like, I'm in. She's <laughs> <laughs> the natural. She can do it. She's sit perfect. there, sit there, and do nothing. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. I found it a very enjoyable video and funny. So. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so like uh going off that, what what is it like like balancing adult responsibilities as well as being in a rock band? Because uh, that seems like it could be a little a little taxing at times. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um why don't Chris, you wanna take this? I mean I I don't know. It Yeah, I mean it's just things move at a little bit slower pace right i mean when you grew up and you all packed into a van smelly van and and drove coast to coast you know that and that's all you did that's all you did um and you were able to oh let's rehearse on tuesday okay let's rehearse on tuesday um now it takes a lot more planning it's it's kind of a comedy of errors trying to schedule rehearsals sometimes and you've got to punt and you got to push it down a week and and these things happen so it's just a little bit a little bit more um, slow moving, but ultimately, I think again we get together, and it's it's right where we used to be, so it's just not as constant as it used to be. Um, Josh, yeah, I mean, I, I have a weird perspective because like I don't I don't have a straight job. I feel like I have fifteen part time jobs. You know, like. You know, playing in a wedding band, playing in an event band, playing in a cover band, doing jazz gigs, like just whatever I can to fill the schedule and survive as a musician. Well, all I want to do is write music and rock out. Um, but it, it it's funny that Chris said punt because I can think of two different examples of one time a gig and one time a rehearsal. One of the guys was like, yeah, we can do this, but I'm going to be on call. You know, for like their straight job. And so like we're, you know, working on music, rocking out, doing a gig. And at the the second the gig is over, the guy went over to the side. It was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. Tech support, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just like, oh, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not, it's, <laughs> where's the tour bus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As, lo- as long as there's all this sex and drugs I can do without the rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I hope everyone listening 
gets that reference. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch Spinal Tap now. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Well, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we move on with the show about Coolidge, about the new album, about uh, music in general? Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Oh, yeah. Where, where can you find the new album, Chris? Yeah. Uh, uh, CoolidgeTheBand.com. Um, please go there. You'll find all the, the music. You'll find videos, uh, pictures, etc. CoolidgeTheBand.com. And that's also an easy way to remember all of our social media stuff. It's Coolidge the Band. So search for stuff at Coolidge the Band, including uh, CoolidgeTheBand.Bandcamp.com. Yeah. So you can get it at Bandcamp. So we'll uh, put all that fun information in the I'm pointing like I'm you literally point. I'm pointing down it's not like, a video show it's it, there's no and and there's no notes below me there's a desk <laughs> I don't so we'll be putting that in the show notes um so hopefully your podcast app allows the show notes to function properly because sometimes I don't uh but we'll put it up on our Facebook page or uh, uh, any anywhere social, else yeah. we'll We'll tweet it out and all that good stuff, too, uh, just in case um, the show notes don't work. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited for people to hear it. Uh, so will so when they purchase it, is it, are they just getting a digital copy, or is it are you guys doing CDs or vinyl or anything like that? At the moment, we are just doing digital downloads okay. of this album. Um, fingers crossed. There's going to be so much incredible demand and interest for it that we'll absolutely have to do a special run of, you know, 10,000 vinyl copies or whatever. Um, no, right now it's just digital. Okay. So. Just want to double check. Um, yeah. So everyone make sure you check out that album uh, when it drops. Pretty Well, pretty much if you're listening to this podcast, this podcast comes out mm -hmm. the same day the album does. So now... I mean, wait till the yeah. end of the podcast, because we got and a little go bit, <laughs> and then go get it. I mean, I suppose you could do it at the same time. I mean, yeah, download just... it now. Start listening. That would involve to it. multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've I've got multiple screens up. I've got three in front of me, and I could yeah. So, uh, all right. So every week we we always like to have a group discussion, and and um. Yeah, this week I picked it, and and I think it's a an interesting one to talk about, but I I don't know how it's gonna go. Uh, but it's about like like I, I I used to call them like legacy bands, bands that have been around for a long time, where the direction of the band changes over time, and we have a lot of members coming and going. Uh, part of it is always like kind of a ship of Theseus kind of thing. Is it still the same band at the end when they when they call it a day? Uh, and and both of you have been in like a long running band like that. Uh, and also there's bands like, you know, the Boss Tones, the Toasters, just keeping it uh, a ska, where there's been a lot of turnover over the years. And there's bands like ME330, where there's only been a couple guys that came and went, um, other than the Core Four. So I was just like, what is like your opinion on like members coming and going? And when does it become a new band? Or does it ever become a new band? So the basic, let me, because uh, there was a lot. Let me simplify it for <laughs> listeners. Let me, now that's an awkward silence. <laughs> yeah, let me, yeah, I, I am. How many band members can leave a band before it's not the same band anymore? When does it, 
become something different, you know? I think and it depends on the band. How about I, that? Yes. That's my, I, that's my like umbrella. Yeah. Agreed. Umbrella statement. Um, as you were setting the question up, I, I, for some reason I started thinking about the red hot chili peppers because they've had a bunch of different people. Sure. But I feel that there was a monumental shift. Yeah. I mean, it's still the same band. They just, to me, sound very different, you know, and, some of their stuff I like and some of their stuff I don't like as much. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> I mean, obviously for the past probably since, other than their guitarists, since the 90s they haven't changed too much, correct? It's been Flea, Anthony, and Chad, right? Yeah. Um, and then their guitarists. Like, I got it, you know, when I first heard about the Chili Peppers, they had a different drummer. So, right. yeah. you know, in my pea brain, yeah. it's like the freaky, styly no chump love mother whatever yeah yeah yeah. but like yeah. okay you know fishbone has had a gazillion sure well not a gazillion okay. but but <laughs> you know i've seen fishbone quite a few times you know and it's like it's definitely still fishbone i all right i'm gonna i'm gonna break the ice here it's it's the lead singer because it's rock and roll there is the Stigma, attachment, whatever you want to call it. It's almost like it, people get weird when the lead singer changes. I mean, I, I definitely think from an audience perspective, that's absolutely true. Like, at least sort of on the, on like, that's the front thing. It's the first thing that people notice. But yeah. I also do think, like, songwriting also pl- probably, be, like, so if major songwriters leave... You know, that can make, that's probably like the second thing that you'll sort of notice. Um, And if, you know, if the lead singer, the original lead singer wasn't necessarily the musician in the band and maybe they just sung, um, then, you know, maybe people will go for, I don't know. I think you're right. Like, that's my feeling is like, it's different for every band and it's different for every situation, you know, because they're okay. So like in the ska, in ska, real big fish. It's pretty much now just Aaron Barrett, you know, and obviously yeah, I think he... Same thing with the toasters. It's just Bucket now, really. Yeah. And... Yeah. English beat. But... Yeah. But two like, versions of English beat for a while, too. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, though, so those would be... I think, like, the Aaron... The Real Big Fish thing is probably the most common, where the main songwriter and the lead singer stay, and there's just a bunch of other musicians who leave for good understandable reason most of the people in real big fish have left because they needed a more stable environment more stable income and all that stuff and and uh you know the tour life had gotten to them um but you know if when you're talking about like the english beat where there seemed if i understand my sky history a little bit there was like a riff between you know uh but there wasn't a riff between roger and and dave though um yeah, the, the guys who quit the English beat never wanted to do anything again. Roger and Dave both wanted to, but Roger wanted to stay in the UK, and Dave wanted to be over in the US and tour as much as he could. Right. So then you had Dave Wakeling's English beat, and you had Rankin Rogers' The Beat. Um, right. And they both put out new albums <laughs> the same <laughs> year with completely different like backing bands. Yeah, so, so like, I like I feel like that type of situation isn't the common and like the real big fish type is a little bit more, but then, I I mean I I do think it's singers and I think it's songwriters, and and I do think it's different for every band because I think real big fish can I I they they've made it, 
it's kind of like TV shows, like how many cast members can leave a TV show before it's different. And if it's set up in the right way and functions within the right way, like it kind of doesn't. There are a few when things. When is ER, not ER anymore. Right. I when mean, George Clooney leaves or when <laughs> Noah Wiley stops showing up. <laughs> right, you know? exactly. So I think there are some that have done it well and then some that did not do it well. Um, so I think it is sort of like a touch and go you know, band oh, it's by absolutely band. Touch and go. Yeah, it's band by band. It's situation by situation. Yeah. You know, I didn't um, say. It. I just brought up ME three thirty. To me, like those first two albums almost don't count where Dan isn't the lead singer. Like I like John's lead singing. I love Jason's lead singing. But <laughs> once once Dan is the only singer for that band, like that's ME three thirty for me. Hmm. Yeah. Um. It's. You know, it's always touch and go because you never. I think the only time I would ever say like a version of a band is truly maybe not good is maybe when they're <clears throat> when a band broke up and then one member just often goes and like just sort of like takes the name. Years uh, later, years later. Am I picking up exactly what you're talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just I'm thinking of an example uh, that maybe in the ska world it maybe not, and then you know if they try to pass that off as like a reunion, and then it's not really a reunion. Uh, <laughs> that that may be, and when there's like I don't know. You're talking about Guns and Roses, right? Exactly, I'm talking about Guns and Roses. <laughs> Famous reggae ska band Guns, Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. I said maybe in the ska world. I don't know, but I mean Guns and Roses. I would I would argue Slash was an important part of that, and Slash not oh, yeah. Yeah. Slash not being in that band really didn't make anyone want to pay attention to that band. Like, I mean, plus Axel's, you know, how long it took to do that. Chinese Democracy album like is ridiculous and I listened to it and it's good it should not have taken nearly as long as it did mm. <laughs> so it's like but it's not it's also not the same so I think lead singers and songwriters I think those are um, may I may I share a kind of weird Johnny Sacco story that is exactly part of what we're talking about sure go for it um, we were Johnny Sacco was at the grog shop in Cleveland and it was the first time Sacco played the grog shop after Trout, Mike Will Trout, had left Johnny Sacco. And, you know, we we had a couple rough shows, two or three rough shows of like, okay, who's going to be the front man? Let's find our footing again. And I feel like we got things back on track and things were fine. But this, I'll never forget this show at the grog shop where, you know, we did a really, really good show. The place was packed. It was really fun. And I run back after the show to go sell merch. And this guy came up and just read me the riot act. I mean, he was just livid, furious, swearing at me, you know, just dropping F-bombs and like, man, you, you have no business to call this band Johnny Sacco. Little guy left. This is BS. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I write a lot of the music and I do a lot of the work and I'm still plugging out here, giving, you know, everything I can every night, busting my, you know, this is all I do and all I've done for years and years and years. And this guy's just like, where's the singer? Man, you suck. And like, well, 
okay, sorry, but you know, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. You know, and then it was, and it was, it was interesting how like certain markets went down, and then suddenly certain markets went up. They're like, why are we doing so well in Chicago, and we never did, or why we now we were filling up St. Louis or Denver or whatever. You know, yeah. it's yeah. I mean, I'm like... sorry for Cleveland, Josh. <laughs> no, I love. It. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big fan of Cleveland. I've had many. I've had a lot of fun in Cleveland. Oh, I'm clearly I blew it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's so. I think you're right. I think fans obviously connect with the lead singer the most, just because they're talking into the microphone the most for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think fans do have to learn that, you know, especially in a ska band like that, he. The lead singer is he or she is just one component. And obviously there can be variations of this opinion simply because of like legal issues. And you can pick a side on a legal issue too. If it, you know, information makes its way to the press and whatnot, you can make an informed decision. But like mostly you have to remember there are other people in that band. So just because someone quits of their own free will, you know, doesn't mean that the band should just like, Okay, well, I guess the the other six of us are gonna stop playing these songs. Like, we're, I guess we're done because this person chose to leave the band. Like, I know it's hard on fans, but you just you you gotta try and you know you you can't really you definitely shouldn't run up and yell at people. Is basically my point. No, please <laughs> <laughs> don't. Um, I mean that's I mean yeah you know if you don't if they put out a new album with a new singer or whatever and you're not as engaged with that that's okay like you don't but you don't have to crap on someone's day just just to tell them hey i don't like what you're doing now with this new person you don't have a right to live make money <laughs> and, right exactly. and write music just because that guy quit you know you shouldn't be doing what you love <laughs> right so it's <laughs> i remember one of the early things and it was always the, it was this way like all through the 90s is like Whose side do you take in the, in the Van Halen thing? David Lee Roth or, or or Sammy Hagar? Like, whose side are you on? What is, you know, what's the, I think, you know. Uh, you didn't even mention Gary Sharon there. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think of him from extreme, and that's just it. Like, <laughs> um, well, because, like, so much. Poor extreme fans in this, they just got lost in this whole thing. <laughs> exactly. Just. Uh, um, Sorry, I think 90s references. Um, yeah, and it's just one of those things where I, you know, you got to, as a fan, and I think that's, it's different when you're in a band, because obviously there is sort of like legal issues of who owns a name, you know, um, and who can perform under that name, of course. But from a fan perspective, you know, I, obviously I think songwriters, I think are the, me personally, it's when the music changes so drastically that it's yeah. kind of just not the same thing anymore. So that's sort of when it's just like, okay, like, eh, you know, um, yeah, that's my take. Chris, do you have anything to say? I think you've been pretty quiet this whole time. <laughs> Wake up. I agree. There's, there's so many different scenarios and different examples that are popping through my head. I mean, for me, um, I can think of one, and I, I'm really going to try hard not to make it obvious who I'm talking about. A very successful ska 
um, punk metal band. Um, and if you took that singer away, they are absolutely not that band anymore. Right. Um, but there's, there's some nuances there too. It's, I love that band early and I loved some of the songwriting and the guitarist is no longer in that band. And a lot of people would say they, they sound exactly the same. The new album sounds like the first album. And to some people it does. And for me, it's like, ah, no, that guy was bringing something special. Um, and it, maybe it's just a musician thing, right? I'm maybe sure. it's just things that yeah. certain people hear, but um, there's just so many ways to approach it. I, uh, you know, I was in, a situation like this where like josh said and you know and we did a huge shift and and it was interesting and we we struggled with the the whole concept of doing it and it, um it's not an easy thing to do even even the bands sometimes have a lot of internal struggle about we know we know it's different and is this the right choice you, you can second second guess yourself to death yeah. on that stuff but ultimately i think you just got to march forward and have fun and do what you do and hope people like it. And that's yeah. what you're doing from the beginning. Right. Man. Um, just having fun and hoping people ha are having yeah. as much fun as you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, specifically so. in the case of Sako, I did see one show with trout and it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, but then I went to a lot more shows after Josh and, and Damon and Chris all started singing a lot more. Uh, and so for me, that's almost like my classic lineup is like that last lineup, but, but with Eric, because I saw a lot of shows when Eric was still in the band too. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, geez, I saw you guys all across the Midwest so many times. <laughs> uh, it's always best live show ever. I've only seen one band that's ever come close to your live show and, uh, smash mouth, smash mouth. No, it, <laughs> yeah, <geez. laughs> no, it's these, uh, yeah, younger, younger kids. I, most of them are younger. The drummer is like, you know, in his 40s like me. Uh, they're called Hans Gruber and the Die Hards out of uh, Texas. <laughs> awesome and, name. And they are like bringing like the metal and the ska and the punk and like awesome. even, a, even do a polka song. Like it's and and yeah, they got this little lead singer and he'll dress up like Alf on the songs. He's not singing. Around, and he'll jump <laughs> in the pit. Like, I've seen it. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they they are just entertaining in the same way that you guys are always entertaining on stage and fun 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 songs like so, yeah yeah that's a, I told them that too and of course they're all younger like tell me more about this Johnny Sacco, and then the guys in Monkey from San Jose are like how do you not know oh my god how? <laughs> like razzing these kids uh, and then they're like how many times did you see them I was like ah oh, so many and like we saw them once on a West Coast tour and oh my god. So, yeah, no, soccer was always something special. And when I saw you guys uh, as Coolidge, uh, I loved that show, too. So I'm glad you guys are still putting music out there, personally. Thanks. Because I like it. And uh, every once in a while, <laughs> the, the Groves will send me video or pictures of uh, Punk Rock Nights when you guys play out there. So Awesome. Big so love, awesome. Shout out. Yeah, and shout out yeah. to the operators. They have an album coming out later this year, too. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. All right, before we get out of this this topic, yeah. though, RJ, I have to ask you, is what? Smash Mouth still Smash Mouth without their original guitar player, who was also their songwriter? The Smash guy who wrote all the best songs? I don't know. Probably not. Which, I don't know. Which is Steve. How is it? What's his last name? I stopped. I, I stopped <laughs> listening after the first album came out. <laughs> we all did. I mean, <laughs> it's okay. RJ Smith. RJ Smith. <laughs> RJ Phoenix loves Smash Mouth. 
Anyway, all right. Well, g- gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week. It was a good chat, good times. And, of course, thank you for listening um, to our podcast uh, and coming on and and uh, letting us listen to your latest album. We appreciate it. Yeah. Before we go, though, we do have Scott Picks. Uh, Josh, why don't you tell us about your Scott Pick and why you picked it and what you like about the song? Um, I wanted to go old, old, old school because, oh, I love it. I just, I, I, it, it, you know, everyone knows who Bob Marley is, but like his early stuff is amazing. And, and Lee Scratch Perry is insane and I love him. And musically, I love the song because it's like the lyrics, like the song is called the sun is shining, but it's like this weird, like Norwegian dark metal kind of gloom. But it's like still this magic, beautiful tune. So, all right, let's check it out. The lyrics are sort of like, you know, sun is shining, but yet there's like this moodiness. Why so gloomy? Yeah, Yeah. the the moodiness to the music. So it's like this sort of like compare, contract, you know, the opposite sort of thing going on. So it's a very interesting song. Yeah, I like it. Hmm. Good pick. There Uh, are, there are, that does sound like it's a slightly different version than the one I was used to. So now I'm curious about that version. But... I, that is a album cut off one of them because I, I made sure as the least Scratch pair like did had something to do with it. Okay. Uh, what is from a 1978 Bob Marley album? Mm. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of like uh, last week we did a deep dive on Prince Buster, and uh, and I've just discovered like with older ska stuff, like there's so many different versions of different things there. Mm -hmm. You, you find this version of a song and here's a slightly different version, you know, without this background vocal and it, yeah, it's sort of like a deep dive just to, it's kind of like early comic book collecting where you just got to get all these little differences and stuff. So, yeah. Um, Chris, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? Yeah. Um, I think I alluded to it earlier. (laughs) Uh, my pick is question mark modern industry by fishbone uh on a personal note when i saw that video for the first time you know you hear people talk about the uh beatles and ed on ed sullivan (laughs) stick with me um (laughs) for for me you know growing up in the the music video age i it was like i had a handful of little ed sullivan moments you know i didn't have that big one where 
millions of people went out and bought a guitar. I feel like there were a lot of visual information and we all had these things that kind of stuck with us. And this was a big one for me. It really just, uh, you know, flipped my lid, if you will. Um, it's weird. It's fun. It's bouncy and got a ska beat. Um, it's, it's fishbone, uh, from the get go. Yeah. Um, since the song has a little bit of an intro, so I'm going to skip ahead a little bit in it and, uh, we'll jump into the song. Smart about, man. <laughs> about 40, Good idea. We'll jump into it about 45 <laughs> seconds into the song and we'll take a listen. Yeah, you you know Fishbone when you hear them. Like there's no there's no <laughs> replicating, there's no mistake. And that's obviously what you want in a band. You know, no one can do what they do. I'm excited to hear a new album um, from them. So, because that's coming the out. The original lineup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's coming out uh, later, I I think later this year. I don't want to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be out later this year. All right. So my pick uh, is by, a, this song came out like last week um, on Friday. So it's a fairly new song. It's by the band We Are the Union, and uh, oh, it, nice. it's uh, I just love everything We Are the Union does, and uh, they're pulling no punches with the song. So it's called Fresh Fruit for Aging Punk Rock Stars. Here we go. <laughs> So they're holding nothing back. And I 
I did realize <laughs> as that song started, I realized I called it by the wrong title. Its actual title is Fresh Fruit for Rotting Punk Rock Stars. I called it Aging Punk Rock Stars. Yeah. It's rotting. But yes, uh, yeah, that, uh, it's a good song. Uh, towards the end, it has an awesome um, trombone solo. You should definitely check it out. It's a good song. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been a big fan of them for a while. So yeah, yeah. These yeah. new little drops of singles, I'm just like, just give us the album already. Just give um, it to the, us. The uh, sorry to interrupt, but the is everyone aware of the album title? Nod. The fresh fruit for rotting punk rock stars. Um. Yes, that it. It. If my understanding is correct, it's uh, sort of a dead Kennedys thing. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> Because some stuff went down on the internet not too long ago. <laughs> so the the lead singer said that the song entirely is not about dead Kennedys per se, but the title, because they actually wrote this song, I think, back in like September or October, I think is what I saw online, and, uh, and recorded it around that same time. Um, yeah. So the title of the song changed in reference to that by the time they put it out. But yeah. Huh. So yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. But uh, RJ, why don't you tell us about your Scott pick? I, I think I've played them on the show a couple times, but they just put out a new single. The name of the band is cartoon violence. They are from uh, uh, UK. They're from uh, Wales and they're probably my favorite Welsh ska band. This brand new song just came out on Monday. It's called friend or foe. like that song i'm gonna check them out more oh yeah it's this typical cartoon violence very healthy dose of madness <laughs> and then everything else at breakneck speed like they did a cover of house of fun that's about half as long as the actual one <laughs> <laughs> that's funny all right gentlemen once again we appreciate you jumping on this week's episode with us it was a good chat good times and uh, hopefully, you know, everyone go check out the new album. And, uh, and uh, yeah, thank you for coming on our show this week. Thanks yeah, for thanks. having us. It was a thanks pleasure talking with you guys. Good seeing you. And uh, everyone be safe, you know. And yeah. support, when you can, support local and original music. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of fun. And, um, hey, dial us next week. We'll be on the show next week, too. Oh, all right, cool. <laughs> sure, sure. Absolutely. It's fun. <laughs> all right. Uh, listeners, thanks for listening and hanging out with this week. 
with us this week. We appreciate it. And as always, until next week, keep listening to Ska. You've been listening to On The Upbeat. The On The Upbeat theme music is written and performed by Millington. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at Millington The Band. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at On The Upbeat Ska. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support On The Upbeat financially, visit www.ko-fi.com slash On The Upbeat. Thanks for listening and supporting On The Upbeat. <laughs>